Would you pray with me? O God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Santa Claus hot take. Santa Claus, Father Christmas, jolly old Saint Nick, turns out not that jolly. It is the title Saint Nicholas I'll be focusing on here. Saint Nicholas, a real person from the fourth century. Now, a variety of interesting legends exist about Saint Nick, but a lesser known one is that jolly old Saint Nick got into a fist fight at the Council of Nicaea in a heated argument over the nature of Jesus Christ. The Council of Nicaea was a gathering of a bunch of church leaders in the year 325, and to sum up the question they were answering, was Jesus Christ created by God just like the world was created, or was Jesus Christ one and the same as God? St. Nicholas was decidedly of the opinion that Jesus was one and the same as God, so much so, in fact, feeling strongly enough that he was said to fight Arius the Presbyter. Santa Claus hot take, St. Nick, jolly in many ways, not jolly about Trinitarian doctrine. <laughs> but why? Why would people feel so strongly about this? Why does the nature of Christ matter? Why does it really matter who Jesus is? Who is Jesus? This is not a question that originated in the fourth century, to be clear, not something that was first brought up at the Council of Nicaea. This is a major question. In the Gospel of Mark, for example, it is in fact the question that is being explored and answered in the Gospel of Mark. Who is Jesus? In the chapters all around today's passage, in fact, this is the section of the gospel where Jesus is becoming very well known. People had heard stories that he had fed 5,000 people with nothing. He could cure the sick, raise the dead, even, people were saying. But what do the stories about this wonder-working man, what do they really mean? Why is he doing this? Who is this person? The populace as a whole, they are enthralled with him, trying to figure this out. Thousands of people flock to see him. Who is this man? That is the question as Jesus enters Bethsaida. And immediately, some people bring a man to Jesus, and they are seeking a healing wonder. And although they seem to somewhat understand Jesus in some other ways, they are confused. They rightly begin by asking if Jesus would touch this man, having heard that the touch of Jesus, even just the touch of his clothing, would be able to set right much that was wrong. They're right about that part. But they also seem not to understand who Jesus is because what they do is they beg Jesus. They don't ask. Plenty of people ask Jesus for all kinds of things. They don't ask. They beg. They beg. And I think the gospel means this word beg in a plain sense, that these are poor people, unable to pay a famous wonder worker whatever it is they think the going rate might be. 
They begged in the sense that they were asking for something precious and they had nothing to give in exchange. It would have to be given freely or else they would not have it. They begged because they thought that perhaps Jesus was in this for profit, as many itinerant wonder workers were. And since they were poor, perhaps this Jesus was not someone who would help them. They understood him in some ways, and in some others, they were quite wrong. When Jesus offered his wonder without any thought of charge, they learned that Jesus surely was a friend to the poor. He was himself a poor man. So, fine, they learned that it was not about money. Maybe it is fame that this Jesus is after. He is, after all, already pretty famous. Maybe the coin Jesus is looking for is praise and notoriety. But no, that is not it either, because the very first thing that Jesus does is take this man out of the village, away from the crowd, off by themselves. Jesus makes sure that no one is around. And after having performed this miracle, Jesus tells the man to go home and not even to go through the village. Jesus isn't looking for fame. If anything, he is working hard to remain anonymous, as anonymous as a person like him could be. Jesus knew that people were curious, that the sick sought healing and the healthy sought a spectacle. Jesus does not allow for this man's body to be the means for satisfying the desire for a spectacle of the healthy. Jesus was given a choice between guarding the dignity of a man in need and spreading his fame. When Jesus guarded this man's dignity to the detriment of his fame, he showed himself to be humble, treating himself as equal to anyone. In the story of a wonder in Bethsaida, Jesus was a friend to the poor and counted himself as equal to those in his humility. So fine, Jesus, not after money or even notoriety, perhaps. What Jesus is after is devotion. Perhaps Jesus is looking for individual people to know that he is the reason for their salvation and deliverance, that he is far greater than any of them. Perhaps he is worthy of worship. Perhaps people ought to fall down on their knees before him, worship him as holy beyond compare. That seems not to be what Jesus is after either. Because when Jesus works his healing wonders with this man, he does so in a simple and tender and participatory way. Jesus makes no grand speeches, calls down no celestial light, applies no patent medicine. He wets his fingers from his mouth and tenderly touches the man's eyes, wets his finger so that not even the roughness of his skin would further trouble an already troubled body. Then Jesus asks the man if he's able to see. And before doing anything else, he hears from the man exactly what his sight is like and goes back for another pass at it until the man can focus his eyes and see everything clearly. 
Jesus is much more concerned about being gentle and caring and listening to this man than to demonstrating his vast powers. His tools are not celestial. His wonder working uses spit and gentle touch and questions and listening. Who is this man? What do these stories about the wonders he's performing teach us about who Jesus is? We see in these four verses that Jesus is a friend to the poor, even though he could demand whatever riches he desired. We see that Jesus is a humble man, counting a stranger as his equal. Jesus is a tender man, caring more about a sick person's body than being worshipped by the multitudes. In this wonder working at Bethsaida, we see in Jesus humility, tenderness, lowliness. This brings us back to fighting Saint Nick, who insisted that Jesus was one and the same as God. This matters because if Saint Nicholas is right, and Jesus and God are one and the same, then to know Jesus is to know God. Since Jesus was a poor man, then ours is a God who is not swayed by wealth. Since Jesus was a self-effacing man, then ours is a God who would rather be with us, among us, than to be worshipped from on high, who would trade the courts of highest heaven for the dusty streets of Bethsaida, who would trade the praise of archangels for the cries of people in need. But what does that mean for me, for you, for that matter? Does it matter who Jesus is? Does it matter if Jesus is one and the same as God? Well, if Jesus is God, then that means you need not beg God in your prayers. God is not waiting for a high enough offer from you before loving you to your very bones. You don't need to talk God into this. God's love is there for you now. You don't even need to worship God in order to merit God's love. God is not only our God because of our adequate praises, nor if we fall silent will God abandon us. You don't need to worship God. Now, don't get me wrong. You should worship God. <laughs> You should worship God because in it is joy and gladness and the burdens of the world become easier to bear. You should worship God, but that is not a coin that God demands of you because God demands nothing but gives everything. God calls you not to go to some far-off place but to find yourself at home within yourself, within your body as you are. God does, God does not demand that you should ascend your way up into heaven. In Jesus, we see God whose tenderness strengthens us. We see a God whose humility ennobles us. A God whose lowliness, lifts us up, lifts us up and places us on the very level 
of Christ at the right hand of God. A place that any, that any may approach freely to the very foot of the throne of God. Thanks be to God. Amen.